We're starting in five, four, three, two. Well, uh, I have to be honest with you. I'm going to be messing around with this video for uh -huh. the people who do take a look uh, at us on video. I've, I've messed it up a few times. Uh, oh, by the way, we have, I should let you know when we've started the podcast and it, it began about eight seconds, 14 seconds ago. Uh, <laughs> Is I, it bad I, when neither person knew that? <laughs> yeah, I... <laughs> Well, I, I'm trying to. I'm I'm doing this thing where I keep, I keep telling you this. I keep thinking that this show is like a TV show, and it's not. It's kind <laughs> of a look in at us, and <laughs> I swear I don't know how you change your view. You must move around in that the movie chair because there are shadows that weren't there minutes ago, and I swear the mic was on the other side of you. I don't know if you're in a different dimension. You've gone through gone through the wormhole. There it is. There it oh, is. There hey, it look is. at that face. Yeah, look you're pretty. You're face. real pretty. Um, I'm a beautiful man. So part of what uh, I'm going to be doing here is working on, for the people watching the video, for the people just listening to the audio portion of the podcast, they'll be like, why does he keep talking about this? <laughs> why do I talk about anything? Just to hear myself. Um, been there, <laughs> done that. Um, so... Uh, that's, that's, that's a little Trump inside of me. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> and there's nothing little about me. So, um, by the way, I figured out ways to, cause, cause you and I were talking about this a little bit, like trying one thing everybody always wants me to do is, is do more voices. And one of the difficult things for me is that when there are impressions that don't make sense. It's the toughest thing in the world because it just feels old to me. So Trump is always right now. He, the president, no matter who the president is, they're always topical in some way, shape, or form. Now, are you going to get in trouble with one group or another by by doing it? I don't know. I think by looking at some of our rundown for tonight, uh, I'm going to be in in quite a bit of trouble, anyways, <laughs> uh, or potentially. So one of the things I've been doing is practicing going to these different cameras, which right now I just switched one. So I'm the major one talking. I should have been doing that a little bit earlier. And then when you take over, uh, the screen will change to you be, you be up in the upper left-hand corner and I'll be in the lower right-hand corner. And then when it's evening out, like it normally does, uh, we're, we're side by side and best friends forever. So, that's about that. Um, again, are you still, or I can't tell if you've gone, oh. I can't, I cannot, you are not human. There's no way. I'm just going to raise human. my. <laughs> no, because you sit so, and people that don't know this, sometimes our link, you're in Denver. I am in uh, Phoenix area. And sometimes the link goes down and it's, I'm talking to a frozen you and it's not that much different than live you at times. That sounds like an episode of Black Mirror called Frozen You. Fro <laughs> there it is. Yeah, I, I like it. I'm going with it. I, I, let's, let's make it up right now. All right. Frozen You is uh, it's a Black Mirror episode where uh, obviously back in the day you could always freeze sperm. But now in the future, you can freeze a couple different versions of Frank. Uh, we realize that we cannot stop human beings from aging, but we what we can do is freeze them. So when your wife needs task-oriented Frank, she can freeze comedian oh, podcast Frank, and then get your get task-oriented Frank, and sh he takes 
uh, your daughter to soccer and goes to the grocery store and and cleans the gutters and then she freezes that Frank and then for Valentine's Day she breaks out the love master Frank. <laughs> I, I was going to say that it's the letter U that gets really cold. <laughs> My God, you just you just broke that out. I wish that I wish that I had that kind of mental strength that you just performed. Holy My brain is very strange. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was fantastic. I'm I'm in I'm in once again in awe of you. So I'm going to be messing with the cameras. I just realized that my hand has to be in that position the whole time now, and I already have carpal sure, tunnel. Sure, we'll blame it. We'll blame it on that, Frank. <laughs> Listen, let's not get let's get not let's not get nasty here, fella. Car, I'm going to move the keyboard over. It's this special keyboard that allows me to do it. And before I would have to point and click a bunch of times to do things, and now I can just press a button. And magically, I go into the, and now I'm, I'm even guessing and getting it right now. So this is this is going to drive listeners to view us on YouTube. <laughs> this is going to be huge. Frank playing with buttons to make it decent. So how I wanted to, to begin um, with a little bit of a personal thing this week on my own um, was that so my daughter in school get, sends us a text on thursday i believe it was um and the text was don't worry but there was a school shooting threat at, at our school and they went to the kid's house and made sure he didn't come to school so that was a crazy um moment i'm not going to get into any of the uh you know any politics of it at all or anything but it was just one of those we can eventually talk about that but it was one of those things where i didn't freak out i i, I because the way she she phrased it and let us know and said i was actually pretty cool about it because the school was so proactive on it and that that made me feel pretty as bad as i felt you know scared in that moment, I also was like, okay, they're on it. Are they, 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 that's good. Um, and there's, there's lots of stuff going. I can't believe the amount of stuff going on in schools and the rumors of stuff, not just, uh, not even the gun types of things, but the, the there in a couple of the schools around here, there's kids bringing edibles in sixth and seventh grade. That happened in Cleveland last week. Uh, a kid brought some gummy bears from his parents house i'm assuming and gave it to a bunch of kids and i believe it was uh nine kids had to go to the hospital uh, yeah i mean and that's one of those difficult situations when if you, if you i mean listen i'm all for people doing whatever they want really as long as they're not infringing on other people and in that situation i think you have to make sure your kids aren't getting into this stuff um it's you just have to be careful. It's the same as, you know, the gun type of situation that, that you just can't leave things out. And kids, I don't know if, whether they knew that these are drugs or not, but it doesn't matter. You as a parent, I guess, I guess if you're if you're doing certain drugs, though, I don't know if you're going to be the most responsible with them at the time. It's yeah, I mean, that's definitely uh, part of it. I think another part of it is. You have to think about how, first of all, that, and we're going to get to 
the situation with your with your daughter after this because I mean that's that's a whole other conversation. Luckily, we have a podcast. But when we're talking, as for the weed edibles, I mean, you have to think about how brand new this is. We're talking about in certain states the legality being between two and four years. So I mean, if you think about that in terms of a a, a human being, we're like a four year old. We don't know exactly what we're doing, and the fact that we have drugs that look exactly like freaking candy. And we don't see a problem with that. I mean, if think about this, if you had, uh, uh, you know, Grey Goose vodka, but it was it also came in the same box that a Capri Sun or a High C came in. <laughs> I was picturing Gerber baby cereal for some reason. <laughs> I, don't, I, I mean, don't know. It, but you're right. You, yours was actually way better, of course, with the uh, Capri Sun. Continue. I'm sorry. I mean, would that be as egregious? And I'm not letting the parents off the hook at all. I'm more indicting all of us for us not seeing that if we are going to legalize this, the fact that we have it, we have marijuana that look with drugs. We have THG, things that are laced with uh, THG. That look, C or G? I, is it C? It's C, right? C, yes. Yeah, okay, I, like, I didn't know what the G, G. I thought you said G, and I was like, G. What do I know? <laughs> That's a real serious strain. No, the the fact that we it looks like things that a child would eat, or you know what else it looks like? It looks like something that you or I would eat, Frank. And as somebody like yourself that does not do uh, any type of uh, 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 drugs or hallucinogenics. Eating one gummy bear, and it's funny because we always look back at there. There's that classic YouTube video of the cops that called the cops on themselves because they thought they were dying. And yes, that is funny, but I'm sure that was terrifying to those people. And, uh, you know, I, I I couldn't imagine if you thought you were eating some gummy bears and then got in the car with your kids in the backseat and your wife next to you, and all of a sudden the highway starts moving. I mean, and that's you as a grown man. I mean, there's nothing. It's it it. it, it it, it's really strange that we've taken toy guns off the market for the most part. And the ones that are on the market are orange and lime green. And we even took big league chew off the market. We've taken all these things that are for adults, candy cigarettes, all these things that are for adults and we put them away or we made them illegal, but yet you can have gummy worms. That's somebody that makes gummy worms for a living could not tell the difference between. And we have somebody could have them laying around the house and there's no way that a child that and the scary thing is kids like that don't eat just one like a like a somebody that knew that they were consuming marijuana some of those kids might have had five frank right it, there's a it is weird that people put them in things that I, I, I don't know maybe it's not weird maybe it's marketing maybe it's just the fun of it for the people i i mean again like every issue i'm torn on it completely but i, I agree I, I on that side of it that that is it's really tough and if you've got that stuff laying around or the kids know where to 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 get it in your house i think that's i, I think it's similar exactly what you're saying with the toy guns and all that type of stuff you've got to be careful it's it, you you can't I, I mean, I, I don't know. It's just it's 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 kind of got me a little bit speechless, I guess, which is it, it's great scary. on a I mean, podcast. <laughs> I have a friend who's a grown man now, but he said uh, his mom was a hippie growing up and there were weed brownies around. And I think he was he's in his 40s now, but he's probably seven, six or seven or eight. And this is a party years ago. And he ate a couple brownies because it was a house party and he 
pounded a couple down as a kid would. They just saw some brownies sitting on the counter at a party. And uh, he said his mom quickly realized that he was tripping his butt off. And, you know, instead of taking him to the hospital, because this is a different time, she put on Fantasia. <laughs> For real. <laughs> That's a total hippie mom, right? It's a to- well, yeah, I can't say his name, but his name is a hippie name. And it's just Shaggy. Uh, it's more hippie than that. It'd be like it'd be like if you named one of your kids Sun Squad. Yeah, <laughs> yes. If it'd be like if you named one of your kids some Sunbeam or a yeah. Moon Jumper. It's something like that. And uh, you know, I was going to say Starscream. Starscream, but that's a Transformer. Yes, and an Star- evil Transformer at that. <laughs> so I think that this not only is going to happen. I think this happens all the time. I think it's a lot less likely that your kid would, even if your kid did take a sip off of your gin and tonic, that would be so shocking to their senses. That that strong taste of alcohol, that that would make them put it down and say, what is this? Uh, to take a hit off of a regular cigarette, a child would be like, what is this? But the gummy bears taste like gummy bears. They're, they are gummy bears, except for they're laced with drugs. And I think if we are going to have, and I am as uh, liberal when, uh, as they come in terms of like believing that not all drugs should be, should be legalized, but marijuana is going to be used. And there's no point in throwing otherwise law-abiding citizens in jail for it. But at the same time, we do regulate things. Like we regulate every. They lock up freaking razors at CVS. So why are these? Uh, well, that's because you're not going to. They don't want you to steal them. I, 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 they're probably locking up the hallucinogenic gummy bears as well. I don't think those are just out over the counter. But yeah, at home, we don't at home. I actually I'm going to start doing that. I'm going to start locking up my la- my razors in a glass case and have somebody have to get a key to get them out for me. You have to get your wife. We need we need my wife. Aisle 4 spare bedroom. <laughs> hun, hun. What? I uh I need to get some razors. You got the key? Okay. And it is. I think it's razors and baby formula. The two stop, baby formula uh, top top uh, top stolen things from CVS. Let me ask you this: the because you you brought up the thing about the big league chew and all that stuff. I had candy cigarettes. We we had them all over the place. We, my my grandpa used to get them for us. Um, I think he also let us puff on his cigars too. Now that I think about it, uh, and, and let's not forget the dog track. <laughs> that was the other grandpa, I think, more than this. This grandpa was this was the Archie Bunker grandpa. I hate everybody. Um, <laughs> he uh, like I I remember just asking my mom, does he like anybody that isn't him? <laughs> and she was like, mm, no. Uh, <laughs> all right, you yeah. uh, know. So. We had, and I know everybody's different, and I, I was probably 35 years old when I was seven. I, I was just, <laughs> I was worried about the future of myself and it being in complete uh, control at that time. But I, I had candy cigarettes, and I remember a, another guy watching me, and was they weren't just the sticks of sugar. They were the, the, the bubblegum ones with the paper around them that Definitely. you could take in. And, and there was a puff bl- of, like, dust that would come off of them. Yes. It's like preparing you to smoke PCP. <laughs> but I, I remember another guy who was on the baseball team that was older. He was a senior. I was maybe a, a freshman or something like that. And uh, he's like, are, you, are those cigarettes? And I was like, they're candy, dude. And uh, But I, I, it never made me 
I just thought it was funny, I guess, but a lot of people would want to emulate what they see. I get it, but at the same time, it's so funny that we're, it's, if my parents always said, don't, my, they didn't smoke either. My parents didn't smoke, didn't drink. So that made a lot of things easy for me to say no to, because if they, they did, if they did, you're just, you're around it. And then it's kind of more normal. And then, but if it's, if your parents don't drink or, or do anything like that, it's out of the ordinary in your household. So, um, but it was, it was this whole, I, did you ever have the candy cigarettes or, um, Oh, sure. I mean, yeah, the candy cigarettes, the gun, the plastic guns, the cap guns, uh, all these things, uh, were just, uh, the, the par for the course. I think that that was part of adolescence was emulating adults. And I mean, that's kind of how that you socialize yourself as you look at how, your dad gesticulates. You look at, uh, you know, how your dad drives and how he talks to people and how he shakes somebody's hand. Or you look at how your mom uh, nurtures and or, or when she heads off to work or the, all the things she talks about. You start talking like she does. You do all the things that you, the, the people that you look look up to do. So I think that was the ideology behind the stoppage of that. I don't know how effective it was, but I guess it it's, was. It's so funny because that is the truth. When you start out and you want to be just like your parents, and then at a certain point, you want to be the opposite of your parents. Like you start to just take off on your own. My son's doing that right now where he's kind of doing his own thing and very independent uh, unless he needs breakfast and yes. or money. And then... Uh, and then what happens is that third stage is you're not trying or want to become your parent anymore. You just become them and you are all <laughs> the bad parts of them. I've never thought of it like that in the stages though. When you're the little kid, you really can't wait. You do everything you can to emulate them. They're the big, the coolest person in the world. They're amazing. And you, like, like you said, uh, you gestures, uh, facial expressions, everything's there. It's going to be the same. And then there's that phase where, it's completely opposite. You got to do whatever they do. You're doing the opposite. I'll put more salt on this. Well, I'm putting pepper on. And then it becomes, you're just them and it's over. And you realize that you just are ready to die. <laughs> well, I think, I think that, that that phase starts around teenagerdom. When you start to look at the people that are in your, uh, in your social circle and you look By at the, the way, guy. perfect, uh, perfect uh, name for it. Teenagerdom. D-U-M-B. How do we yes. let's get that website right now? <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. That's it was such a great uh, uh, coined phrase. Yeah, but no, I mean it. It really is. I mean, you look at you look around at your dumb, goofy friends, and instead of emulating your dad, who's probably of you know could be a a pilot or a former military guy or uh, you know a, a craftsman, you want to emulate the kid that gets attention from girls or the kid that gets respect from your social circle. And, you know, or you want to be completely opposite and you want to kind of be a jock or you want. So then your parents can't be any of these things. So then therefore your parents must be wrong. So you, that's right. You shun them. And then around 27, you're like, wait a second, my parents are pretty cool. And then by, I would say, third, 29, 30, you're a young version of them. And then by 40, you are them. Yeah, you're right. You have, there's one more phrase in there where you you realize that they're OK. They did their best. And now, because you're in that phase where you're trying to raise kids and you realize how hard it is, and then you're doing all the things that you can't stand about what they did. Yeah, well, not only do you realize how hard it is, you realize that it was hard for them and they had no resources. 
I mean, right now, you can go to Google right now and say, my daughter just said she wants to talk to me about getting her period. What should I do? And then you can go on Google and talk, listen to experts answer that, as opposed to our parents who was like, I don't know, ask your mom. You know? That, that's what Google like, said to me. Ask your mother. Ask your mom. Hello, Siri. <laughs> Siri's like, I'm very uncomfortable. So, yeah. I mean, I'm yeah, more our, uncomfortable than you. Our parents... Mm, do, you know, made miracles in raising us without, you know, I mean, I, you know, my youngest son was sick a lot when he, from a probably age two to three and, you know, just having the internet there, deciding whether to go to the hospital, what do you do with this fever? And if he's doing this and what's the best, if he has diarrhea, I mean, what would you do in 1971? If you're, you know, your, your kid's fever isn't breaking. Like what, how do you, what do you do? Oh, that was kind of a, that was that was how the herd got thin back then. That was that's why everybody, everybody had eight kids. Everybody had a lot of kids because they were losing them. Yeah, creating I mean, some roster spots. I mean, it was <laughs> it was it was more before that. But even it, I, my my kids or my mom and dad would just get out in the street, go play, go play. Oh. It, you know, run across the street, dodge the cars, play. It's like real life Frogger. See what happens. How often are your kids? out of the house for more than two hours without you checking on them. I don't, I don't know if they're ever out of the house more than two hours. That's I, the thing. Uh, I guess maybe they go every once in a while um, to a friend's house. And then it is weird. I, they're tethered to those phones and we are too. And I, I get worried about it all the time. I, I mean, and I, I couldn't imagine my parents would just, they didn't know where I was. I mean, I, I was all over the place. When I was like 10, 11 years old, I was riding my bike two miles away to go to the, to the local um, summer camp thing. I don't even know what you'd call it. It wasn't really a camp camp, but it was the park and recreation thing. And I was out there. They didn't know where I was. And now I know I, if, if I got to find my friends, I know exactly where my kids are. You know where they are. You can contact them immediately. You can yeah. send your son or daughter a text saying, bring your butt home right now, and they'll be home in 10 minutes. You, you know, you can monitor where they are. Uh, there's a watch. Uh, I got my son an Apple Watch. My daughter wouldn't wear it. But I got my son an Apple Watch, and it. you can even set perimeters where you get an alert if they go outside of this oh, perimeter. I thought it was like a shock collar. I thought oh. it was a shock watch. Like, <laughs> You know that that's you... been pr proposed at the Apple, at the Apple place. <laughs> <laughs> the crab apple store. <laughs> yeah, so I, you know, I, I, that's why I don't begrudge our parents. And then you think about the parents they came from, and this is no disrespect to the our grandparents generation, you and I's grandparents generation, which would be our kids' great great grandparents. But like they were, they, you know, you kind of you, you were talking a little bit about your grandfather, and like, is he ever not grumpy? Am I? I remember talking to my dad about well, he, he was not grumpy. He just didn't like anybody who didn't look like him. There, there, there we was go. A, there was a difference. If he was around a lot of Irish guys from uh, from the uh, from work, he was fine. Yeah. Uh, but if he was around some person of color, uh, I mean, the, the just <laughs> just brutal. Just yeah. like, uh, and, but I learned right and wrong listening to him though. What I right. think is what I think I believe to be right and wrong. And I now listen, we both thought that he was completely right. Yes. A hundred percent. Um, 
but uh, I'm sorry. I saw I inter- I, uh, interjected on your stuff again. No, but the, you know, just it's it's funny because your uh, white Irish grandfather and my black grandfather were probably not that different. Right. Uh, I remember I remember asking my dad about my grandfather, like what was he like? Because I never really got to know him. He he kind of passed away when I was probably six or seven at the latest. Maybe I might have been five or six. And I was like, what was grandpa like? And my dad just said he was a hard man to know. And I, th- I think that it was just like that generation. They didn't have goof around time. Like we have like, let me call my friend and run our mouth about different things for an hour. I think you worked your balls off your entire life. You drank heavily. And then you, you know, you ate terribly. You smoked too much. You drank too much. And you were out of here at 57. And I think that that kind of uh, you had no anger management, you had no interpersonal skills, you had no problem solving skills. Uh, And so if somebody didn't, if you and I had a problem, I just never talked to Frank again. Like there was no like, hey, let's have a beer and work it out. It was just like, well, you're dead to me now. And I don't talk to my brother. And, you know, if you moved away, you never saw your mom. It's just like it was a different life. I think that's now called an election. Yes, where people never talk to each other again. How many? How many people? I that would be a cool show called uh, "Unblock Me, Bro," <laughs> <laughs> and you just go and you and you you just see if you can get family members to unblock people because you have to think at this point Trump's been in office what two years, two and a half years, two years, two tremendous years, two of the most productive years ever. Incredible. So that Amazing. means there are people that have. I'm talking problems. over you. <laughs> As you every should. time you try, just <laughs> don't laugh. This is probably what it's really like. Yeah, I, can you imagine like doing a briefing with him in the morning? You just have to. He's got. It, it doesn't seem like because you all you've spoken with people on the phone. We all have. Whether there's somebody you're dealing with or somebody selling you something, you're buying. Just you. You don't have that phone rhythm with somebody, and they're like, right. "Yeah, but okay." Yeah, for, uh, yeah, it's there's a there's a warranty, and just like I wonder if that's what it's like, but to talk to him about China, <laughs> just like well, I told to you, I I met him years ago, and this was before the this is five ten years before five eight years before becoming president. That he was not that same person, and I don't I I have no idea. I I don't know what he's like now, but he was such a different person behind the scenes that I almost didn't know who he was. So I I, I know I still wonder if there's. I've also talked to people that said that have said any person who becomes president, their ego, there's no way for their ego not to be massive because they're now the, the leader of the free world. And you have to make decisions. Part of it is you have to have some of that because if you don't, you can't, you're making decisions constantly all day, no matter what president you are there, they can be good or bad decisions, but you have to make definitive decisions now 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 there's nobody really because you're the one who it comes back to um again this is not a um a defense of anybody or anything like that but i just i wonder about that stuff if that's still the way it is or who knows but like i said it has to be there's no what do you think is happening what do you think you're going in the present and it's like um, should we uh, let babies live or let them die? What's your decision? No, it's not that black and white. It's it's like, hey, uh, okay, if um, well, if we build the wall 
the babies will live. <laughs> That's it. That has nothing to do with what we're doing. No, it's got everything to do with what we're talking about. Like he wants to be a hypnotist, right? Like, <laughs> you are getting very sleepy. Convive. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, you know, if you if you come to work as a president, somebody puts something in front of your face and says, hey, um, we have troops in southern Afghanistan. Uh, we need to take this city because we know it's teeming with ISIS or whatever horrible group is in there. Cool. Let's do it. Well, we're looking at a 29% uh, a, a casualty rate. Oh, well, let's not do it. Well, they're in that city right now dismembering uh, uh, anybody that goes against that government. So we need to get in there. Great. Well, so what should we do? Do you send people to die? Do you let other people die? And the, the New York Times is going to leak this story saying that we're sitting outside of the city doing nothing. So you're going to look weak if you don't send troops in. If you do send troops in, you're going to get killed in paper for allowing, knowing that, you know, it's three out of every 10 guys, men and women that go in there. It's just difficult, nuanced decisions. And it happens every freaking day. And so you're exactly right. You do have to have a personality that says, hey, we're going full steam ahead. I know it sucks, but this is what they signed up for. Or, hey, we're going to hang back and that city needs to defend itself and I'll take whatever flames, flaming arrows of the press shoots at me. But either way, it's going to be unpleasant. It's going to be really unpleasant. There's going to be a meme on your name. Uh, you know, Frank, more like hardly Frank, with the, you know, some kind of something horrible, some horrible punny headline. That's a New York Post kind of yes. headline. Oh, yes. A punny one. Does Frank have beans? Question mark. <laughs> Hot dog. Frank <laughs> makes his decision. <laughs> That's exactly what it would be, though. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it, it's it's tough, and so I think that. I, I think that's one of the things that's lost in, in, in a weird tangential uh, conversation. You know, I had to talk to, uh, you know, my children's mother about just, you know, when I go, when I would go to work, they'd be like, Oh, you know, that's so sad. And I was hoping you're going to be here this weekend. And I know for a fact, she meant well, but she'd be like, well, that, you know, daddy be here next weekend. I'm like, we need to tell the kids that your daddy's breaking his back for you guys, that your mom goes to work and sits in traffic for an hour and a half in LA rush hour to, to provide for you. And I think if we did a better job of, obviously people are all, will never really truly understand, but if we laid out for as much as we could, like some of the decisions that have to be made while we sit up with our feet up in a hammock, I think we would be a lot more sympathetic to the office and a lot more respectful to the office because for some of the decisions that the higher ups in the military have to make, the people that make budget cuts have to make, I, Frank, I couldn't, I couldn't do it and I couldn't imagine. No, it. I could never do. I could never be in that type of decision making situation. The, the, I think the thing that gets people in those situations are what are the forces that are external forces on those offices or positions. If you're a general, they say you generally probably like to be in battle because that's what you live for. That's what you I don't know if that's true, but I've heard that example many times from probably more liberal people as opposed to 
uh, you know, because people look at things different ways. Like you can look at our our uh, army and our armed forces as offensive, or you can look at them as being defense. And they're it's really the same thing. Just looking at what position you're coming from and how you truly feel about it. Um, but I could never. I I I, I barely can figure out what I want for breakfast. Yeah. I'm not going to be able to tell people what they can do with their with their if this per, if this group of people survives i could never and i couldn't live with making those decisions and there are people that have to make them and it, it's the greater good kind of thing um and sometimes you think the greater good is the the right thing and it may not be and then you have to live with that and i don't i don't know if i have the beans for that this frank doesn't have those beans <laughs> i mean yeah it's a it's a scary thing and uh you know I, I i do i don't think that they get as much credit as they should i think that it it's it, it it's almost an impossible task and the the things that people that i'm sure decisions that guys made during the vietnam war uh got decisions guys made uh for benghazi and then just everything everything that's worked and everything that hasn't worked because when you you never hear about these successful missions you hear about the ambushes you hear about the leaked intel that led to this you never hear about you rarely hear about the heroic uh the heroic or just like not let's take the heroic out of it because that's the kind of thing that makes the paper just when like what you said would happen happened and you made the right decision and 16 people lived m more than was estimated you're not going to hear about that. Who's going to write about that? Right. You're only going to hear about the horrible stuff because that's what makes the papers. And then now all of a sudden you're warmonger Caliendo and you're like, dude, we were, we, we were surrounded. Right. You know? So I don't know, you know? So you had a few topics that you texted me about, uh, that you wanted to get to today. So we've already been going, uh, uh, 30 to 35 minutes almost already. And we haven't even started our agenda. So Frank, um, I could look into those eyes and talk to you all day. I know I, I could look into my eyes and talk. To <laughs> I, I do it. I look in the mirror and I'm like, you are, you are chubby Matt Damon. That's what I tell myself. Dude, uh, you're svelte. You're not chubby. You oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm a little heavier. I got, I got to, I keep eating so much garbage. It's I exercise for three hours and then I will eat just sugar. It's and smoke candy cigarettes. Oh, at, only after sex. So, <laughs> so, you, so the first thing, and I don't even know how to say his name because I hear people say it differently. Is it Bezos? Is it Bezos? It, I would say Bezos. I say Bezos. Yeah, like basil. Yeah, not, I think not not the not the spice. The comedian, the Greek comedian, yes. who, who my wife finds way funnier than me. Look him up. Uh, <laughs> no basil, does yeah. a bullwinkle voice so i'm not a voice guy i'm not into the people who do the voices mimicry is for those who can't think on their own mm -hmm. um, Shots <laughs> so <laughs> at myself apparently <laughs> so um bezos bezos he he uh he's he's in a little bit of hot water or is it cold water i haven't seen the pictures i don't know so <laughs> Shrinkage is real, Frank. Yeah, uh, trust me, I I live with it. Yeah, well, you know, my my question for you because you know I I have way too much time on my hands. I think about things. Uh, Bezos was one of the first people to 
you get blackmailed and have the kind of leverage who blackmail is obviously all about leverage uh he had the kind of leverage that could say do your worst uh show my my uh penis pick to the world if you need to and then i'm gonna come after you with with all the gun guns that the richest man in the world uh has in his in in, in his war chest my question to you is i guess twofold do you think the threat of uh your penis picks is as heavy as it was back in the day because there are so many of them now i don't know and i've never had i've never had interest in taking a picture of my junk not even with a fisheye lens <laughs> i which which would probably help but i i it sounds, the look on your face is like well i might have might have uh oh there no there's might have no gone, might, i might have used no a gopro to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i what mean what goes through your mind i don't get it i've never gotten it well i think for men i think that we are wired so differently than women i mean it's been said before and i've talked to a million women that said we are not fans of this unless we are involved with you in love with you and in love with the member that you are sending us uh it's it's very ineffective could you put a little jacket on them and members only jacket <laughs> <laughs> member only i think we got something to sell on the podcast we yeah. got on, on the site member only jacket <laughs> you, you just have like it's 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 a pig like that but just it's it's whatever uh season is is in fashion that you it's like look it's a it's a turtleneck they're back with fanny packs <laughs> there's uh, there's got to be a condom called that somewhere the, mem the member only jacket <laughs> okay That's so really uh, so continue so my question is no different than anything else. Let's uh, think about this. The Sears catalog years ago was a big deal, not only because you could look for things that you, you know, you could wish for things that you could one day buy in Sears, but also there was a section, no different than a newspaper, where you could look and you could see women's bras. And that was was a, it Sears or JC Penny? I remember the JC Penny was hot and you'd look try to try to look I, from different angles. Yeah, I think they're, you know, that would, they, and the, the newspaper too, so you know, all those places had women's bras and that was a big deal. It was very racy. You could see a woman in a brassiere, even though there was a bra that your substitute teacher would wear, it was a bra and we were happy for it. <laughs> and then came along Victoria's Secret and Victoria's Secret was now all bras and not only were they bras, they were lacy bras and sexy bras and crotchless this and garter belts and all that good stuff. Then that became that really good stuff. Really Sorry. great stuff. Then that became old hat. And then you had uh, softcore porn, and then you could have porn on your phone. And now no one cares. If there was a bra on the street, I think people would step over it. And I'm wondering, are we headed that way with penis pics in that we all fundamentally know that most people either have them or naked pictures themselves doesn't have to necessarily be penis pics and everybody's had so many partners that they've probably somebody's got a naked picture of somebody that you care and respect for so then does it is does it hold as much weight even if it's the owner of amazon that's that's the, right hold as much weight is yeah. innuendo itself by the way the penis pick and the dick pick both 
it's amazing. The penis pick has alliteration and the dick pick rhymes. So yes. there's a lot of there's a lot going on there. I, I, I wouldn't even throw that out there. We try to stay pretty clean, but I was it's just hitting me that uh, this, uh, I have to let people know in advance. I don't think that you can say that stuff on the radio now. It's can, not, yeah, I mean, I don't in think a bra in a bra. You can say it and nobody will care. Are we headed? Maybe. I don't know. I, I, there's no shame. I, I don't get it. I, 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 maybe, maybe mine's not fancy enough. I don't know. <laughs> I just, I look and I'm like, eh, maybe, maybe we could dress this up. I, oh I've been God. told I have the Tesla of penises. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that I don't know what that means it's but it's efficient it's, it's efficient it would be efficient <laughs> yes and 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 government subsidized right <laughs> that's right and you're the genius behind it there you go <laughs> that's awesome you're the Elon Musk of your wiener <laughs> you should be telling that to high school students. Listen, when you go out into that big world out there, remember you are the Elon Musk of your wiener. Oh, getting a little Elon Musky in here. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, does I'm really good with the puns today. You have to admit, I'm really you're, you're hitting them. You're kind of killing it. Yeah, I'm hitting them hard. I don't know if they're dad jokes or you're laughing, so maybe it's just two dads thinking we're cool. Yeah, but. <laughs> We're one step from starting a rock band in the basement. You had that incredibly eloquent beginning about Black Mirror, and I'm doing rhyming words <laughs> and alliterations. Don't don't short alliteration. Yeah, I, I knew what it was. That's a, a next up spoonerisms, where I switched the first letter of two words. <laughs> All right. So so like does it does that matter to you? I mean, I think it, I think it, I think it much. will never it will never get that far, but because there are women in this world and they will just be sick of it because they're they're not really amused by it. They I, overall, they're kind of if, especially if it's like you said, if it's two people with an intimate thing, I still don't a hundred percent get it, but whatever. Um, but. Uh, it's the it's not going to be the same with in, in, in the thing that went through my head was w guys we're always going to be fine <laughs> we're hoping for it to go that way with naked breasts and naked bodies male and female we just don't care we hope and women are like no we just want we we want you to see our shape but just with really tight clothes over it so <laughs> have a little bit of imagination and guys are like why uh here we, it is baby why, yeah like, well, we know we got why, it. why put the lego set together let's just buy the real millennium falcon <laughs> you know you know what i've heard which blows my mind frank i have uh you know these are women in our profession these are women that are not in our profession that said that they've been hanging out with a male colleague and not hanging out like got done with work went to a bar restaurant to discuss said work or said seminar or said conference dropped said mail offer at his hotel. And before they are out of the parking lot with no sexual words exchange, boom, here are the fellas. And it just like, it really blows my mind that not only it, it seems like not only would it be incredible, incredibly vulnerable to send it to someone that you're dating or kind of dating or have maybe been intimate with once or twice, but to send something like that to unsolicited. Well, I've been it's on TV shows crazy. where guys just pull it out. I mean, I've done, I've been on a couple of TV shows that it's been a while, 
but there were a couple different TV shows I was on sets and people would just, you know, not people, guys, because they have them, would just yank them out. But there was, I mean, there were people and on one show I was on, there were more than one person that would run around naked. And not, it wasn't even always sexual. It was just, they, they like to be naked. Exhibitionism. Yeah, I guess. And... I don't know. I didn't think much of it because I didn't care, but I could see people getting kind of. I think the I think the crews, the the crew people, the crew persons, not like a cruise, like a, a an ocean liner, but like the crew, the people in the crew. I think they got more uncomfortable uh, uncomfortable about it because it's like it's really weird when you're going to work and and running a camera. And somebody's running around in the hallway naked, male and female. I mean, it's just it's kind of. It's it. You don't see that in, in many places that I know of. Maybe Wolf of Wall Street. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't know if that can happen anymore. I think. Oh, that... I don't think it can. I don't think. I think it was. Just, and I couldn't even imagine because this is two mm, thousands, early two thousands. I, I couldn't imagine eighties, nineties when, especially eighties, seventies, eighties. I'm sure there were just uh, toga parties where the togas came off early, and that was oh, at work. Yes. Oh, a hundred percent. So, I mean, you know, we you think about, like, again, 70s, 80s, especially early 2000s, that was not that long ago. I started my career in the mid-2000s. And, I mean, the things that would go on in comedy clubs in terms of, like, there'd be a new waitress. They'd be like, hey, everybody, look at Macy. She's here. Turn around and let everybody slap your butt. And she would do it laughing. Women, male and female waitress. I, I remember being a young comic with my eyes coming out of my head like a like a Daffy Duck cartoon, like I could not believe what was going on. And now the, it just sounds crazy to say, and it's even crazier to say how passe that was and how regular that was at the comedy clubs I worked at. Come, I I, I miss it. Um, <laughs> no, I, I I was I'm always uncomfortable in any of those types of situations. Anyway, I'm I I would I would get. Women would come up to me after shows, and I could, I kind of think they were, you know, hoping I would say something and hit on them and whatever. And I was just so awkward that I didn't know what to do. And other guys would be like, man, that, that, that woman was like ready for you. I'm like, yeah, I guess I missed the opportunity. I, uh, but I, but I'm, I'm always awkward. I've always been awkward in social situations. So it's amazing that I even got married um but i i don't i don't know but i've, I've seen i mean it, it's a different world now. i have no idea where any of that's headed i don't understand we've talked about the the entire process of meeting people it's it's awkward in the beginning even if you're not socially awkward unless you're gorgeous either way right and especially if you're a good-looking guy that's the weird thing like good maybe that's why hollywood is so naked uh, good-looking guys and great-looking women, good, look, great-looking guys, they 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 have their own type of privilege, right? Where if you're really good-looking, and we've kind of talked about this before, you're really good-looking. You, you and now that I'm thinking about, it, I remember you talking about it. It's you you have extra opportunities. That's but that's because we're a very visual society. That's what we are. Um, well, but I, your looks. It, it, uh, is a certain form of power. It's no different than money. I mean, you think about this. I'm 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 not a, a a male model, but if I walked into a nightclub, handed the bouncer an exclusive nightclub, handed him a thousand bucks, and said I'm going to buy a table for ten thousand dollars, 
uh, I would be led right in. If I am uh, a six foot one model from Seoul, Korea, uh, that walks up to that same uh, that same exclusive nightclub and says I have no money, they say, "Hey, look, we're just honored that you're here." Um, uh, Puffy is in the VIP. He'd love to meet you, and you'll walk into that exact same nightclub. One is with money, one is with looks, but we're both in the same nightclub because we have a certain amount of power to exercise. And I think that that's what it is. I mean, there's a reason that Harvey Weinstein had access to all these beautiful human beings. It's because he could make or break your career, and damn it, that's power. Yeah. And that power corrupts, clearly. Same with Bill Cosby for another reason, but uh, and obviously these are sexual predators, I'm not saying, but I'm saying just the access to people. Because if you look like Bill Cosby or Harvey Weinstein, but you drove Uber, we're not having this conversation. <laughs> right. You got it? All right. So uh, so uh, that was the only question you had for me about Bezos? We answered that succinctly. That would that was it. I just uh, you know the, just uh, do we uh, you know you kind of answered it. I was, you know do the, we the, think we're going to see knows, them this the is rise guy and fall of dick pics? Now we're having the phone thing where we talk each, over each other. I've been there. What's it, what did you say? Sorry. Uh, basically, do you think we'll see the rise and fall in dick pics? Like we, it, it'll reach a peak and then it'll <laughs> again, be like it's always a it's always in oh, the window. The I didn't even get fall. that one. Yeah, well, you're you're just throwing them out there. <laughs> You're just shooting them. You're shooting. You're shooting. <laughs> I'll leave that one. We are such old guys. Or are we frat boys? I'm not really sure. All right. The other, uh, the other thing you'd, uh, which is a great segue into this, you'd had something about teachers. What yes. Uh, you know, I, I've, I've, obviously this is a subject that's near and dear to my heart because I uh, was a middle school teacher. I taught middle school science. For five years in South Florida, everybody, shout out to my teachers, especially my middle school teachers. You guys are doing God's work. Um, but I just read another article. I read an article three months ago that was called, um, I have, uh, you know, I have six jobs. I donate plasma and I'm a teacher. And I just read another article and it was a teacher saying, I have four roommates um, I drive uh, for Lyft and Uber, I do taxes, and I'm your kid's middle school teacher. And without getting too deeply into this, because this is, a, this is an ocean of discussion, what do you think, why don't we pay our teachers? I don't want to compare them to athletes. There's a lot of money in sports. The athletes, even if they don't get their fair share, are going to get in even the runoff of how much money comes into sports is enough to make everybody in sports rich. There, what do you think it is on a societal level that we, there is not, there is not. Uh, well, I think everybody wants to, right? It's not that anybody doesn't want to, but you and I don't control that. Do we do where, where's our control? Where do you and I have control in that situation, you can go to a, a, a state that's got a Republican legislature. You can go to one that's got a Democratic legislature. The, the teachers aren't going to be paid well comparatively to other jobs in either one, right? You're exactly uh, right. So the money must be going somewhere because there's a lot of money going into that. I know where it's going. The Girl Scouts. 
There it is. We're going to get to that. We're um, gonna... That's a little uh, foreshadowing. <laughs> yes, but my thing is, like, you, you kind of hit what you just said, Frank, makes me further double down on my question because you, what you said, and I hadn't even thought about it, further proves that there's something very strange because you said everyone wants that. You know what else, you know what else that almost everybody else wanted was legalized marijuana. And five years ago, that would have been a running joke. Oh, yeah, you're going to be able to go to a store and get marijuana. And now you can. Because, the because money... enough people wanted it. But... So if everybody, but there were people opposed to it. I don't know if there are that many people that are opposed to paying teachers more. But like you said, in all 50 states, it seems to be universal. So why is that? I think there's a couple of things for, for for the for the the marijuana thing. It's pretty simple. It's a product you sell it, and 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 then a there's a profit, right? Right. So there's a product, and that product ends up making money. How much money is directly made from a teacher teaching students, and then along the the way, it becomes like if you, if if you have a good education you you end up having a many time much of the time an opportunity to continue that education and grow and become more but the other part of it i would say that's not profit kind of driven is the amount of people in between um when the money where the money comes in and the money going to the teachers and the money going to the students. There's, there's just a lot of steps, right? There's a lot of red tape. There's a lot of, um, uh, channels and uh, there are people making money on stuff and they're, they're the ones making the money in the middle somewhere. I, I've got to believe because I don't have the numbers in front of me, but we're spending hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars on education. And I, I, I don't know because I'm not in there and I, I don't know enough, so I can't speak to it. Every, I don't, I've never been anybody that says we need to pay teachers less. Never, never. It's, 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 it's not, that, that's not even, that's not even talked about, but with your argument, you know, your, 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 um, not argument, but your observation I, I don't know then you're right do people really want it that badly the other thing people don't want is to be taxed more and that's the only way you're going to pay people more uh the the, the the teachers more right is there's going to have to be more and more taxes and then you get worried about money not going directly to the kids or directly to the teachers and we, the whole process uh, it's too big i don't know I, but again, who doesn't, <laughs> there's no, nobody ever says that. And everybody loves to say, you know what? Teachers need to be paid more. Everybody loves to say that, but then you go, well, we'll raise your property taxes. Can we find a different way <laughs> Yeah, you know, look, that, look, that, John, that I don't John have Gruden, to pay for? John Gruden almost came out right there. I'll tell you what, man, <laughs> we got to find a different way there, man. Maybe you print money. You're the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, man. Print some money. Yeah, that's it's it, it it's just it's it it's something that 
literally has not changed throughout my lifetime. And I'm somebody who was not in the world of teaching. I was somebody that was completely immersed in the world of teaching and then was completely out of teaching. And it's still the same. I would say it's worse. I would say I don't know a teacher unless they have a husband or wife that makes uh, okay, enough so, money so that doesn't have a second job. I've heard this before. All right. And this may be part of an archaic, I shouldn't say archaic, but an older situation or way of thinking. Before World War II, where women did not work in the, in the workforce. And we were better for it. <laughs> Sorry. That's beside the point. <laughs> um, no, but uh, seriously, on a, <laughs> some people don't use that as quotes from us. Uh, so some of the, the smartest and, and, and unfairly women were, were not worried about what they were making. They were the second um, line of income in second stream of income in the family or they were single and uh the you know there was a the society with the way it was at the time men were buying the women everything the type of thing it wasn't really like you were even considered to be on your own but then when world war ii came and more women started getting into the workforce and women could get career jobs all the smartest women or a lot of the smartest women moved out of that teaching world and then went into jobs where men were where it was only men at the beginning and now your teachers were who were your biggest um i'm i'm gonna get myself in so much trouble because people are gonna say well they're still smart teachers yes there are and th that's not the point the point is that um this was this is how it was where people didn't worry about how much teachers made back then because it was women it was unfair and it was wrong and uh, I think that's why the money just doesn't go there. And as much as people say it, then in government, they find ways to just move the money around and not get it to them. Did I talk too much in a circle there? Did you understand where not, I was getting with? Not at all. I completely got that. I mean, I think you're right. I think everything is about perspective and we do pay the professions that we value. There are not a lot of poets that are making six figures because we don't value that. But there are a lot of people that if, if you're a guy who, um, if you, uh, you know, let's say that you, uh, I don't know, you run a successful nightclub. If we found out that Club 607 down the street um, is making, um, you know, $85,000 every Friday and Saturday night, but it's the hottest club in the country or in the city, that's not that implausible to you. But I mean, if you sat down and said, well, which is more important, the guy that, that owns a nightclub that just really hires a DJ and has a, a pyrotechnic system or somebody that's teaching every kid in that city, we'd all probably agree with, with the kid. But when we look at the, when we look at what we value, who who's driving away in the Mercedes? But again, it's, 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 it, the whole situation is where it, that, that person was making some decisions in their job whether it's it's right or wrong, but there's money being made. And when money's being made, that's right. you have the opportunity to make more. And in a service type of situation, a public service, there's no way to make money on that. So, so you're saying no different than like a city bus driver? 
that, that well that's the that's the difficult thing right as right, they are right. different and i think they are different and, and nothing wrong with being a city bus driver we need Not at all we need the city bus driver that's like the mike Rowe conversation we had right. uh, great benefits uh, yeah i mean <laughs> but yeah, there's the, if you're not in that in this system, which would be the argument on that other side of things uh, in terms of we talk to the libertarian um, and why we need to talk to somebody on the socialism type of side, not type of side, but the socialism side like they would they would probably argue that uh, that's why everybody needs to be paid more equally uh, because those important jobs will never be paid. And maybe there's some, maybe there's a, a, maybe there's a middle ground for that or something. But you have to find a way. You've got to take from somewhere to put the money in those pockets, and 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 I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean that in a completely positive way. That's an honest way, yeah, of course. But you have to, you have to find a way to do that. I, and I don't know. I'm not smart enough, and I, I, and I don't know the inner workings of it. But I always hear people saying, "Well, all the money never gets to the kids or the teachers." And I go, "Well, then where's it going?" Where, right. where where is it going? Because I, I I I don't know, and I, uh, I'm like I said, I'm not smart enough to ever understand it. Well, speaking of where is it going with that beautiful transition, you beautiful man. Yeah. Uh, let's start to bring this in for a landing with uh, a topic that's near and dear to my heart. Uh, Frank, obviously, I've spoken on this podcast a number of times about my questioning where the Girl Scout money is going. I've talked about it on my television show, Daily Blast Live, which you can see on television near you or on the internets every day. And uh, I, I, I mentioned the same thing. And I had uh, a, a troop leader uh, send me an email Friday. It was, uh, it was contentious. Um, I would say that she power was power corrupts. Power corrupts. If you're leading troops, that's right. Uh, she was. I want you, you to be nice here. Be nice. Oh, I'm. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna be very nice. Um, yeah. I think she's. She was um passionate because she's passionate about being a troop leader. Uh, I'll read a little bit because I mean this is a set eight paragraph uh email. Um, but let me just, I'll read the, I'll just set it up and then I'll and I'll skip around a little bit, but I'll answer kind of, um, you know what? Hold on a second. Let's, um, because we're going so well here, let's leave this as a cliffhanger, uh, for our next episode. Oh, that's a good idea. Because it's, 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 it's getting hot in here. Um, <laughs> uh, I was hoping you'd tell me to do the other thing. Um, <laughs> let's take off all our clothes <laughs> and let's take pictures. Um, but I think that's a great spot to, to actually end and cliffhang and we will find out who shot Mr. Burns, yes. uh, on the other side. Um, so make sure to subscribe to Alan Frank, uh, try to be serious, uh, take a look, uh, like us, uh, write reviews, just be our best friends. That's what we're looking for. We're not looking for hatred. If we've offended you, that's your fault. No. Uh, if uh, we again, we are always trying to just have conversations here, not uh, look for the offensive side of things. I think that's the most difficult thing. When you're watching TV, they usually pit two totally different uh, personalities against each other to try and get some sparks. We try and get the sparks by just being silly and uh, playing off of each other a little bit. So subscribe, like, 
uh, do all the social media stuff, alanfrank.com, uh, alanfranktrytobeserious.com. If you want to write out the whole thing or type out the whole thing, it makes you feel better. <laughs> yeah, man. Always a good time. Uh, please, we appreciate you guys listening. Please keep it up. Uh, follow us on Instagram at Alan Frank. Try and be serious. And uh, me at Al Jackson on Twitter and Al Jackson IG on Instagram. And at Frank Caliendo on Twitter. And uh, he said everything else. I think that's it, Frank. I'm going to miss you. I already ended the show. Damn it. <laughs>